Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fightful Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Toro. It is April 17, 2020. And yes, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, we are going video for the foreseeable future. We're going to try to make every single Fightful Boxing podcast a video podcast. Not going to be audio only where we, when we put it up on the Fightful Boxing and MMA YouTube. It's going to be the audio version uh, as a YouTube video. We're going to try to do this video for the next however long we can make this work. Uh, we definitely will do a video next week. But this time around, we kind of want to do video interviews and i've been able to secure a couple of good ones two of which you will see i guess two for the price of one andrew maloney the wba super flyweight champion and jason maloney the top bantamweight contender arguably the best bantamweight in the world to not hold a belt right now we will get into that in just a second uh, but before we do a uh, couple of notes. One, the new Fightful Boxing newsletter is out. You can check it out on Fightful.com, on FightfulMMA.com. You can go, when you go to Fightful.com, you can go to the MMA section and there's going to be a little tab where it says Boxing Newsletter. That's where you'll be able to find the newest edition of the Fightful Boxing Newsletter. It's not a terribly long one this time around. It's mainly going to be a, not necessarily a breaking news one because it's not, but it will be focusing on what's been going on with boxing a current status on every single major promotion or most of the major promotions the world boxing super series just announced that it is indefinitely postponing the finals of the cruiserweight tournament between Junior Dorticos and Mairis Briedis so we have no idea when that's going to happen the tournament organizers have no idea what's going to happen so you're going to be able to see what's been going on when is the next boxing show from a major promotion taking place it's gonna be it well the the current schedule is late june june 27th in newcastle england i have no idea if that's gonna stay intact i'm willing to bet that no it will not that i think the shows in the uk that are currently scheduled for june 
and July. They may be pushed back, maybe even just a month or, you know, six, seven, eight weeks at the very least. It doesn't look like things are going to be completely back to normal by the time we hit June. Hopefully we do, but I don't expect things to happen that quickly. Like I've said, for the last few weeks, it almost seems like we, I expect this to kind of keep rolling over through the summer. I don't expect any major boxing shows to start, or at least shows from major promotions to start rolling until the absolute end of summer, talking like August at the absolute earliest. And speaking of, you know, the, the state of Florida, a couple of, you know, last week actually, state of Florida announced that WWE has been deemed an essential business and they are allowed to continue to film live episodes of their Raw and SmackDown shows. And, and the reason I say this, and this is also explained in the newsletter, but just for those of you who haven't been able to read up and just want to know right now. For those of you who don't know why I'm mentioning WWE when it's obviously pro wrestling and not boxing. It's because the way they, the state of Florida deemed WWE an essential business is that they're essentially an entertainment or a sports product that has a national audience. And those who are the employees and the people who work there are deemed essential. Now, what that means is any sports league, any sports team, any, any sport in general that has a national audience in the United States could theoretically hold shows in the state of Florida with no, that are closed off to the general public, meaning empty arena shows. For those who have been watching WWE programming for the last month or so, they know what I'm talking about. They just shot these at an empty arena at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. Nothing, you know, it's it's certainly surreal, but we have gotten used to watching these kinds of shows for the past month. AEW has also been doing uh, empty arena shows. So the reason why I mentioned this is because this essentially opens up the possibility for a boxing promoter, mainly Top Rank and Bob Arum, to potentially say, hey, maybe in a few months, we could talk to Vince McMahon because we already have uh, a prior relationship with Vince McMahon and the WWE and see if it's entirely possible if they could if we if Top Rank could potentially use the WWE Performance Center to hold empty arena shows to create some new content. Now, this doesn't mean that it is definitely going to happen. It is a possibility. And even if those talks don't end up materializing or don't end up with anything concrete being made, it does kind of give us a bit of a glimpse as to the powers that be or the top people in boxing to, to sort of give uh, – it gives us an idea that they are now starting to think about how do we get back I I into doing these new shows. may not necessarily be the shows that we are accustomed to seeing. may not be the shows that we have – that we were anticipating for the last couple of months – you know, if these shows end up do happening at the performance center or wherever WWE does them or wherever in Florida, it's don't expect, you know, a Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury type of fight. Don't expect maybe now yet yeah, Inoue versus John Real Casimero. Don't maybe expect Jose Ramirez versus Victor Postel. It's, you know, they don't want to, obviously, they're going to be losing a ton of money from not allowing fans to enter the arena. So maybe, so. 
from the looks of things, it's possible that they may allow those fights to kind of sit in the back burner and maybe wait a few more months uh, before things uh, before putting those fights out. And again, with the big money that is involved in a lot of these fights, primarily Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3, it's going to maybe potentially require another round of negotiations. And Wilder Fury 3 wasn't officially announced that it was pretty much earmarked for summer, then pushed back to October, but there was no formal announcement. There was no official date given. But the way I see it is Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury 3 or Anthony Joshua versus Kurepula may not be a you know, it may not be an exciting fight, it may not be a big fight, but it is a fight that was planned to take place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That was going to drop 50, 60,000 people at least. So that's a type of fight where you don't want to do that in an empty arena. That's something you want to hold up until large gatherings are not only allowed, but the people are more comfortable in doing these live arena and uh, in, in going into these massive, massive events. So it's possible that this piece of news regarding the state of Florida deeming WWE an essential business, it could give us an idea of how boxing promoters might be thinking, okay, we may potentially have an option to do some type of boxing. It may not be, it may not be extravagant, it may not be big, but it is something. And in just a second, uh, you'll hear my interview with Andrew and Jason Baloney. The two brothers who are also promoted by Top Rank. I asked them about the about the WWE Florida uh, Bob Arum news and situation that's going on right now. We also explored a ton of different stuff that is you know that the pertinent one to their careers, how they've been handled COVID nineteen. We even had a little bit of fun with this. They're they're both wrestling fans, and we actually kind of have a, a fun little story regarding the the Malonies, and they even got a, a have a little message. For one, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and obviously we are kind of kind of trying to do this uh, podcast in video form. Obviously, you kind of see my my setup right now. You can see some of the press credentials that I've gotten over the last couple of years. Some of you may know that I'm a bit of a gamer, and obviously I love Pokemon, so figure might as well have something there. Um, so right now, the plan is obviously this. You, as you're watching, it is a video podcast. Your the podcast set for next week, where I will be, where I am interviewing uh, flyweight rising contender uh, Andres Campos, who is nine no, twenty three years old, very very bright future. Who was, you know, he was probably he wasn't on the cusp of fighting for a world title, but he was someone that could if that could potentially have made twenty twenty his breakout year. He's only he's only nine and zero, but he's already fighting in ten rounders, and he's gotten a couple of regional belts from the from the WBA and the WBO. He wasn't necessarily ranked in the top fifteen in the, in both of those organizations last I checked, but it does kind of give you an idea that this is someone that you can watch out for in that division for the next couple of years. Obviously, it's a division that is. Right now, pretty good at the top with Artem Delakian, Julio Cesar Martinez, Maruti Emdalain uh, as the current title holder. I know Kosei Tanaka uh, just left the division. He's gonna tr- he wants to try to win the WBL Super Flyweight title, which means a fight against Kasuto Ioka. But I'm not saying that I, obviously Andres Gump is going to be a world champion right now, but 
He is someone that you could potentially watch out for down the line. Very good young man. I, I really enjoyed my interview with him. He even showed off his um his his regional title belts, even his national Chilean boxing title. So we, we discussed that. We discussed his career, how he also has been handling COVID-19, what his goals were for 2020. But um but right now we are gonna send it to Jason and Andrew Maloney. It's uh it was a really fun interview. I certainly have to admit it was one of my favorite interviews that I've done on this show and I hope you guys enjoyed it because I enjoyed it the Maloney's told me off the air that they really enjoyed it so without further ado here are Andrew and Jason Maloney and joining me right now on the Fightful Boxing Podcast you're not getting one interview you're getting two for the price of one and really you can't ask for two better guests here on this call we're kind of doing something a little bit different yeah, I know fans of the podcast may see this as just an audio only podcast but we're doing this video we're gonna do it we're gonna do something different uh especially during these times gonna try to do something a little fun it's we have the two great boxers right now we got the wba super flyweight champion andrew maloney and top bantamweight contender jason maloney who if, depending on who you ask, should be the IBF Bantamweight champion back in 2018 when he fought Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? We're doing well, mate. Thanks yeah. for having us on. Yeah, good to finally meet you, mate. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I've been wanting to you know do a, a proper interview with you guys. I I don't know if you guys remember, but we've done just email kind of back and forth for the last couple of years. So it's actually finally nice to properly and formally introduce uh myself to you guys that's right mate it's been good and yeah good to finally properly meet you mate and um hopefully we'll have uh many years together ahead you cover any our stories as we as we have our successful careers yeah i mean look and we'll talk plenty about your careers uh obviously right now we are kind of living in an unprecedented time not just for the sport but for the world in general obviously with COVID-19, you know, industries left and right are shutting down, suspending operations. Boxing is no different. And you guys, uh, you guys are among those that probably were affected the most because you guys were scheduled to have fights and not just any regular fights. You guys were going to have more key fights in the United States in the, you know, in the weeks right before, uh, right after the announcement that, you know, Top Rank was going to suspend its shows for the foreseeable future because we just don't know what's going on with uh, just about everything. So, obviously, the first thing is how are you guys doing? How are your families doing? How have you guys been handling this situation with COVID-19? Yeah, we're doing all right. Like you said, it's it's crazy times at the moment and everyone's been affected so badly from this crisis. So, it's, um you know... It, it's something that we've all just got to deal with. Um, like you said, we were really excited. We had some, some big, big fights coming up. Andrew was going to defend his world title this weekend. Um, and I was on in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay the following weekend um, fighting Joshua Greer. On a massive show there with Anui and Casimiro. And, you know, we've been working so hard for 16 years to, to get to the point where we have these big marquee fights and, really wanted to make a huge impression on the US um, and make a massive statement with some really impressive performances. We were training really hard right through New Year's, Christmas and all that sort of break and we were flying in the gym. We felt great. Everything was right on track and then 
obviously obviously the the coronavirus put a big halt to to the boxing and our fights have been postponed and we're a bit unsure as to when we'll be fighting again so it, it's you know it's pretty hard um, but we've just got to try and stay positive and, and get through this uh, we're still training really hard we're um, you know making the most of this downtime and trying to keep improving and improving so that once we get the green light we'll be ready to go yeah it's yeah and you bring up a really good point that's that you know obviously it's not that you guys were you guys were going to fight and now it, you guys don't know when you're gonna fight there's been there's no indication as to when this is gonna this is when gonna stop i mean the next scheduled fight from like a major boxing entity is all the way in june in, in england from for a matchroom show and and let's be honest we can't really tell if that show's gonna move forward we really can't tell when boxing's gonna move forward so obviously when you guys obviously you guys were uh, fair to assume late into your training camps your respective training camps for your fights how did it feel? What were your kind of your first reactions upon hearing this is uh, there is a potential that things may go awry when it comes to making the shows happen? Uh, what was you know what kind of went through your minds upon hearing that ultimately they were going to postpone the shows? Um, oh, it was heartbreaking. Um, we we put in a really solid training camp. I actually had a still have a Filipino sparring partner over here. Um, he can't get home. He's stuck here because I, I flew him out to help me prepare for this fight. And we put in a good few weeks with him here of sparring and I was flying in the gym and we're only days away from flying over to America. Uh, I think it was two days before we were due to fly out. We got the call to say all the fights are cancelled and you're not going to be fighting for who knows how long. So, it's yeah, it's devastating. What about you? Um, you know, obviously you also were... A- we're also pretty late late into your training camp. Is that you sort of have the same sentiment uh, as your brother in regards to the fight? Yeah, that's right. As I said, we 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 really worked real hard through that Christmas and New Year period, and we've been working hard. And we knew that we, these uh, fights were coming up, and that they were they were big fights, and they were an opportunity for us to really make a statement and make our mark in America and, and sort of show show what we're capable capable of. Um, so we were working extremely hard. We've made huge sacrifices. Um, as Andrew said, he'd flown out a sparring partner and, you know, we, we'd already organised a lot of good sparring for over in America. Um, we're going to spend a month over there. So we'd hired an Airbnb and we'd <laughs> a hire a car. We had everything right on track and ready to go. And then at the last second, the fight's off. So the hardest part as well is that we don't know when this is going to be over, but like I said, we just got to stay positive and rather than just sitting back and, and dwelling on it and, and, you know, blowing out and losing losing your fitness and just stopping training, we're just taking this as, as a moment for us to get an edge on the rest of the competition. I know a lot of the boxers worldwide are probably taking this as a bit of a holiday. Well, we're doing the opposite. We're still training really hard and we want to make sure that after this is all over. As soon as they give the green light, we'll be ready to go and, and we'll have a we'll have a head start on the rest of the competition. So you mentioned, obviously, wanting to stay fed with staying in shape and, and training as much as you possibly can during these times. Uh, how ha- What have you guys been doing that's sort of maybe different or a little unorthodox or something that's against the norm of what you guys are normally accustomed to doing in a regular training camp? I know there's I've seen videos of boxers kind of doing what I like to call a uh, phantom pad work where you kind of have 
guys uh, on one side of the ring and they have their trainer six feet uh, apart and they're kind of holding their pa- their boxing pads and they're just kind of doing shadow boxing, mimicking uh, do that. And I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, what have you guys sort of been doing uh, to stay in shape? Uh, well, we're lucky. We've got our own private gym um, just down the road here. And um, so there's no one else in the gym. It's just me and Jason training every day. And we're using this time to, to really improve. Um, when you're training for a fight, I believe you, that's not where you make your most improvement. That's where you, you're working on just getting fit for the fight and you're doing a lot of sparring and um, basically just trying to get yourself in the best condition possible. But at the moment, we're trying our best just to improve. And it's not about getting fit. It's about fixing all the little one percenters and the mistakes you have been doing in the past. And and, and just like we'll, we'll spend a, a full week just working on the one punch and perfecting it until we we make a huge improvement on that punch and then the next week we'll work on something else so over the last month or so i feel like we've made a massive improvement and when these fights get the go ahead we're going to be ahead of the competition and and ready to go and and take everyone out so in regards to your next to your next fight obviously you know andrew you were going to fight uh israel gonzalez and uh, Jason, you were going to fight Josh Greer. Both of them, you know, both fights were going to be uh, on ESPN platforms. Marquee fights. Jason, your fight, I believe, was going to be co-main event. Andrew, your fight was going to be the main event. And, you know, obviously, have you heard anything from Bob Arum or anyone from the higher up to top rank in regards to your next fight? Is it going to be, you know, is the plan is still going to be the same opponents or is there, or is something that you get, it's a matter of, do you guys have to start from scratch in terms of getting to the negotiating table and securing a, an opponent for you guys? Um, our manager, Tony Tolch has been in contact with top rank um, and just sort of seeing where we're at. But obviously there's a, a lot of unanswered questions at the moment because no one really knows what's happening, but as far as I'm aware, yeah, we'll still both have the same opponents and we'll still be fighting on the same shows. Um, the location may change. I'm not too sure, but we're, we're, we've still got our sights set on, on those same opponents and we're still acting as if we're going to be fighting them. So until we, we hear otherwise, um, yeah, the goal still remains the same. You know, respectively, first let's start with uh, with Andrew. You're fighting against Israel Gonzalez. You know, Israel is a guy who's... On his solid win streak, he was coming off the win against Sho Ishida in Japan. He was highly ranked. He was someone who he's someone who's challenged for titles in the past, and obviously was unsuccessful in doing so. What were your kind of your thoughts heading into the fight, and your thoughts on Israel Gonzalez in general as sort of your first opponent, your first proper opponent as the WBA World Champion? Yeah, Gonzalez is a good fighter. He, um, I actually thought that he won his world title challenge against Kalia Fire. So I believe he, he should have become world champion then. Um, and I think he's a very good fighter. Um, but I'm world champion now, and everyone I face now is going to be a good fighter. So I just got to back myself and believe in my abilities that I can beat guys like him. Um, and these are exciting times. The the WBA has, has said that once I get through this fight, that I'll fight Chocolatito Gonzalez next, and that, that'd be a dream come true. Um, but obviously, the, the first focus is on beating Israel Gonzalez and then um, defending my title for the first time over in America, which would be huge. Uh, that alone, you know, something you dream about growing up as a kid is headlining big cards like that over in America and defending your world title. And we were so close to having that 
locked in. Um, and I just hope we can reschedule that fight and, and get back on track as soon as possible because this is what we've put all the hard work in over the last 16 years for this moment. And for it to be taken away is, is pretty heartbreaking. So I hope we can um, kick off where we, where we stopped before. You know, I'll get to you, Jason, in just a quick second regarding your fight against Josh Greer. Um, but you mentioned, Andrew, the fight, uh, potential fight against Chocolatito, and that's actually something I also wanted to get into. You know, obviously, you and I have obviously been exchanging emails, obviously, for your manager, Tony. And for the longest time that we have been in contact, you, your goal has always been to fight Calify, even before you were the interim champion, even before you were the mandatory challenger, and you were and you were just still a, a rising, highly ranked guy. You your goal was has always been Calify, and obviously now that we saw Calify fight Chocolatito and Chocolatito just uh, tremendous performance in Calify and beating him. Uh, kind of what's been your thoughts now uh, on Chocolatito as champion? Because I look, I'm sure you paid attention to that fight, and I looked at that fight. And I'm thinking this is a very bizarre performance from Calify. He it's it, he was he's not a guy that we're used to seeing kind of be in these uh, fireworks, uh, have, be providing fireworks in fights, and he was just training it in, on the inside with Chocolatito, which really was the perfect fight for Chocolatito. And now that he's the champion. Kind of, what are your thoughts uh, as here as Chocolatito as a potential opponent, and your thoughts on this? I guess you want to say post story second sort of the side version of Chocolatito Gonzalez. Yeah, well, firstly, the whole reason I wanted to fight you for was just because you had the title, right? And I was I've been working my way up the WBA rankings, and and secondly, I was just so confident that I could beat him. And after watching that Chocolatito fight, I'm even more confident that I would have done the same thing. Um, so I'm disappointed that fight never happened, but now I've got the chance to potentially fight Chocolatito, who's a legend in the light of weight divisions and a legend of the sport. Um, most people, a lot of people, opinion that he's the best fighter of the last decade. So that's a dream come true for me to fight him. And, you know, to become a legend, you've got to be a legend. And this that would be an unbelievable opportunity for me to fight him. And that's something that really excites me. Um, so we'll see what happens after this, whether I can go straight into that fight or if I still fight Israel Gonzalez first. Um, leave that up to my management and top rank. But um, that's definitely a fight that really excites me and, and one that I'm confident of winning too. Um, I think everyone agrees that Chocolatito is sort of getting towards the end of his career and I'm getting better every day. So there's no reason why I can't win that fight. I agree that, you know, even though Chocolatito is still performing extremely well, he is sort of kind of at the end of his career. So even so, regardless, I think that's to be a very, very good fight between you and Chocolatito if in, if that ever happens. You know, Jason, you know, your fight against Josh Greer, I think it's safe to say that this fight between you two was between arguably two of the best bandwaves right now to not currently have a world title. And... Obviously, there were a lot of a lot at stake in your fight. It's not just you know staying alive in the title picture, but I don't know what if you've heard any if you were getting any any indication from Bob Aaron or anyone at top rank. But obviously, your fight was going to be co-main event to Naoya Inoue versus Jundia Casimero, and that was going to be for three bells. So it was essentially three fourths of the undisputed championship puzzle. It at least to me in my eyes, it almost seemed like your fight against Josh would have is maybe the perfect indication as to who could potentially fight the winner of Naoya Inoue versus Casimero. Maybe not necessarily next, 
but down the line. Kind of, you know, is that the impression that you were kind of getting as far as the stakes involved in this fight, that you're not just fighting a very good fighter in Josh Greer, but you're also fighting for a potential at a humongous fight down the line, whether it would be against Naoya Inoue or Casimero. Yeah, that's right. I mean, my goal this year was to become world champion. Um, so I just won the opportunity to fight for a belt as soon as possible. Um, the situation before all this happened was all the belts were pretty well tied up. Um, we knew Anui was fighting Casimero, and the WBC title was also tied up because Donair had just been made the mandatory to fight Ubali. So all the belts were pretty much tied up at that stage. Um, and I I keep a close eye on, on the division at all times. And I knew that Josh Greer was in a similar position to me where we're both highly ranked in all four major sanctioning bodies. We're both right on the cusp of getting that world title shot. But we're both fighting for that position to get that opportunity to become world champion. And... I, I want to face the best. I want to, you know, I'm, I, I want to, I want to be world champion. But also, I want to achieve big things in this sport. And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wanted to fight the best out there. Um, the best available for me, I thought, was Joshua Greer, and, and he's also with top rank, so it was a very easy fight to make. Um, so I was really excited for that. It was a fight that we, we basically asked for and that a fight that I've had my eyes on for a long time, and I'm very confident that I can beat Josh Greer, and as soon as this is over, I'll, I'll plan on proving that. And, and like you said, I think the winner of me and Greer definitely deserves the shot at the world title, and, and whether that's a Nui or... Or, or another title, another champion. Um, I'm not fast. I just want the opportunity to become world champion, and I'm confident that I can beat anyone that they put in front of me. You know, I mentioned at the very start of the of, of the interview that you were very, very close to beating Emmanuel Rodriguez back in 2018, the World Boxing Super Series. A lot, some people thought that you deserved to have uh, gotten the nod in that way. It was a very close fight, very competitive fight. What have you learned sort of from that fight that made you into a better fighter compared and how have you, what's the difference between this version of Jason Maloney versus the one that faced Rodriguez back in 2018? Oh, I'm a, I feel like I'm a completely different fighter to the, to the fighter that fought Rodriguez. It was a very close fight. It was obviously a split decision and, you know, two judges gave it to him, 115-113, and then the other judge gave it to me, 115-113. Um, watching it back, again, I, I think it's a fight that could have gone either way. At the end of the fight, I did think that I had done enough, but um, 
you know, the end of the day when you when you fight a champion basically in his backyard, you got to be pretty convincing. And you know, I, I respect what the judges called it, and you know, it was just a big lesson for me to learn. It's just made me even hungrier to win that world title when I get that opportunity. Um, but I've improved heaps since that fight. Uh, I'd probably, I'd only really probably recently moved to my new coach at that stage. I think we'd been together maybe eight or 12 months, but we hadn't really had that real time to gel and really get make all the improvements that we wanted to make. But obviously when the opportunity comes up to fight for a world title and be part of the World Boxing Super Series, you jump at it and you grab that with both hands. But looking back, if we had had another six months together, me and my coach, Angelo Hyder, we would have won that fight convincingly. Um, and since that fight, obviously with that extra time together, plus the added experience, which I got from that fight, um, I'm, a, I'm a whole different fighter. Um, and, and just also having that experience of fighting on the biggest stage. And now, even though I didn't win the fight, I've got a lot more belief in myself. I know that, that I belong at the top at the top of the division, and I'm confident that I can beat anyone they put in front of me. Where you know, going into the fight, of course, I thought that I that I could win, but until you've really been in a real tough and hard fight like that, and gone 12 rounds, and you know, being cut, and you know, started a bit slow, and come back and really dug deep, and until you really prove that to yourself, and you know what you've got in you, you. you you really don't know. So now just having that experience and knowing that I what I'm capable of and what knowing that I can beat and match it with the best in the division, uh, it's given me a lot of confidence. Um, and, yeah, I just can't wait to get in there and, and eventually fight for the world title. And, and this time I'm sure that that defeat will make the, the win even sweeter. You know, Andrew, I wanted to – and I don't think we've ever interacted ever since this particular fight – but there was one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, and that was not your last fight, but the fight before that. Uh, it was against the Salamani Bengaisa. I can't remember if I, I, I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly, but um, it was for those who don't know. So obviously last year, Andrew, you had a fight against uh, Bengaisa, and I believe it was in the middle of the second round. He he sort of kind of just you, I guess you dropped him with a couple of body punches. And then he went down and he spat out his mouthpiece and just saying, you know, you know what, I'm done for today. Um, it no was, I, I remember, <laughs> no mud, yeah. Um, I remember watching that fight very early in the morning and I'm thinking to myself, wait, am I still, am I still sleepy or did I just see what I just saw? And I remember the look on your face and you're thinking, what the hell just happened? Kind of, you know, walk me through your thoughts as to that fight because that was one of the most surreal finishes to a fight I have seen in the last couple of years and I'm sure this must have been the most surreal ending to a fight in your career yeah oh, that's part right. of the year <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you've watched that one back a few times <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah, legends was, um, yeah no that was a just a bad situation really I mean that fight was shown live on ESPN Plus over in America, and I was really looking forward to, to showing the fans in America what I can do, but unfortunately, I was due to fight a Mexican opponent, um, and I think it was only two weeks before the fight, um, we found out that he had problems with his visa and couldn't get into the country, so um, the Tanzanian guy I fought 
was a late replacement. Um, and for the, the time we had, he was the best opponent we could get on such short notice and with the visa problems getting to Australia. So um, he was the best we could get. And unfortunately, I hit him with a half-decent body shot in the second round and he spat his mouth guard out and said, that's it, I've had enough. Um, so that was really disappointing because obviously I'd trained hard for, for months for that fight and it was being shown on a big platform and, yeah, it was really disappointing. But um, thankfully we haven't had too many terrible opponents like that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it was certainly one very, very bizarre. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to get your guys' take on, obviously you guys – are part of the top rank roster and i'm not sure if you guys uh heard about this news which came out uh, yesterday i believe um that that bob arum was thinking about potentially talking with vince mcmahon of the wwe about maybe potentially using their facilities in, in florida because for the state of florida deemed uh pretty much any sports uh, any sports league or sports team or any entertainment uh, industry with a national television audience the green light to hold facilities in front of uh, in empty arenas so that you know obviously was not something that that's going to happen right away it's may not be it's not even going to have show like a Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury f uh, fight in, in front of no fans it really would make any business sense but kind of want to get your guys thoughts on sort of the idea of potentially having to fight Maybe not in the U.S. or it may just potentially your guys back here in Australia uh, having empty arena shows because there is kind of a, a pro and con against. So obviously, you guys would finally have the chance to fight even though it wouldn't be in front of a live audience. But obviously, the fan atmosphere is such a vital part to the sport. And you know, sometimes fighters rally just based on the crowd noise and sometimes... Fighters use that as motivation, but obviously that wouldn't happen in, in in a closed set. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? On potentially fight getting to fight in empty arenas, even though you're even though it may not be the circumstances you guys want, but it is a potential where fights could still happen. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. You, you know, like we're fighters and we want to fight and we're training hard right now and as soon as we get the green light that we can fight we're going to jump at it so i mean i'm open to that um, sign me up yeah <laughs> i mean obviously i was really looking forward to fighting at the mandalay bay i think it was going to be a sellout crowd and i had a huge little um crew of australians coming over to watch me fight and I, like you said that 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 atmosphere of the crowd can make you lift to another level and I, I love performing in front of big crowds but at the end of the day it's just you and your opponent in the ring and if that's in a small little studio with, with no crowd um, and that's what has to happen then I'm all for it. Um, I think it, with these crazy times you got to think outside the box a little bit and you know if that's the only way that sporting events and fights can happen is behind closed doors then, then I'm all for it. Um, you know it's the health and safety of everyone is obviously very important and you can't go filling arenas if it's potentially going to cause a, you know, a, a massive backlash and, and really spread the virus. So if, if 
the sporting events are allowed to happen behind closed doors, then yeah, I'll fight straight away. Um, that's that's part of the reason we're we're fighting, uh, we're training so hard at the moment, is because most fighters that maybe aren't working hard at the moment, once we get the green light, that the fights can happen somehow, whether that's like you said behind closed doors or whether fights are allowed back on in arenas. Well, most guys are gonna want 10 to 12 weeks to get themselves prepared to fight, whereas me and Andrew are ready to jump in there straight away. So um, as soon as something's allowed to happen, if that's at the WWE venue in Florida, then, yeah, fly me over there. I'm ready to go right now. I'm guessing you kind of saw you nodding, Andrew. I can I can pretty much assume that your, your thoughts are sort of similar to Jason's. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm ready to go. And we're at really exciting points in our career, so I just want to keep the ball rolling and, and get back in there as soon as possible. Um, and like Jason said, we're, we're, been, we're training hard and we're ready to go now. And, yeah, sign me up. You know, Tony was kind of telling me that I remember it was one of you guys or both of you guys are wrestling fans. And I remember I saw a picture, and I cannot remember. I think it was Andrew that was wearing a, an NWO shirt that was dressing up like Hollywood Hulk Hogan. If I remember it was oh, that was, it, wait, no, that was Jason. It was, Jason, was Jason. Jason, okay. <laughs> I couldn't I remember which one, but I know it was one of you guys. Uh, obviously, uh, do you guys currently watch today's product WWE, or is it you guys are just fans of the product from you know 10, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, like well, I started laughing when you brought that up because me and Andrew were huge fans when we were younger, and we had a dress-up party that was a WWE theme. Uh, I think it was probably our tenth or eleventh birthday. And there's a photo floating around that Tony's got where I'm dressed up as Kevin Nash and Andrew's <laughs> dressed up as Lex Luger, I think. But, yeah, Lex Luger. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we loved the wrestling when we were younger. It's something I still sort of keep a little bit of an eye on. I'm not I'm not right into it now like I used to be. But, yeah, I mean, when when uh, last time we were out in America, we went along with Tony and, and watched the WWE. And, yeah, I love what they do. I mean, they're pure entertainers and... Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I don't follow it like I used to, but yeah, I'm a fan. So if you guys, so if you guys were to have like a pro wrestling match, which one of you guys, would you guys be doing it as a tag team or would you guys really be adamant about one being the, the heel and the other one just being the good guy? <laughs> However they want it. Oh yeah. yeah. I think they get paid pretty good. So yeah, whatever they want us to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Tyson Fury was able to get a pay-per-view match, so, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? I know, yeah. That's right. Vince McMahon, if you're listening, we're ready, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, there a lot of guy, a lot of people have a lot of free time now doing uh, because of COVID-19, whether it be through unfortunate circumstances or just be of the ability to work at it from home and just being able to do a little, some more stuff. What have you guys been able to do to sort of, whether it be a hobby or just streaming uh, or binge watching new shows or what, what are you guys that sort of kept you entertained throughout this time? Well, we're still been training, as I said, so that right. chews up a good two or three hours in the morning, but, We've also got really young kids. I've got a young girl who's um, 13 months old, um, and Andrew's got a young boy as well. Nine months. Nine months old. So um, we're meant to be in America at the moment. We're going to be away for, for five weeks. So, it, you know, it's a time where we can um, try and make the most of spending some time with our family. Um, 
they're at a you know an age where they're changing every day and they're developing new skills and walking and talking and they're at a fun age so it is a pretty um precious time that we can spend with them at the moment um where like i said at the moment we wouldn't have seen them for five weeks so i guess that's one positive that we can spend a bit of cherished time and quality time with our families my um my, my little boy he said his first word he said dad dad yesterday so oh, I would have missed oh that. that's congrats <laughs> i would have missed that if i was in america for five weeks so there's little things like that that are positives also that you you got to look at during times like this so yeah, yeah as jason said they change so much at this age so i'm thankful that we get to spend this time with them now why why we can't box but i would have loved to yeah. be over in america fighting as well yeah Apart from that, I've just been watching a lot of the older fights. Um, you know, sometimes you forget how good some of the older fights were. So I've, I've run run back a few of the classics, and um, yeah, gone back and revisited some of the fights. And you know, some of them I've watched before, but not for a couple of years. And you forget how good some of them were, and pick up little things off all these other fighters that you can, um, you know, try and add add a few tricks to your bag, and um, you know, try them out in the gym, and and hopefully make some improvements out of that as well because I think watching boxing is one of the biggest ways that you can improve um, you know you, you can learn new things off everyone and you know whether you you, you know you can take one good thing from all your all these fighters and bring them into your own style I think that definitely helps what fights have you guys been watching as you kind of mentioned that Jason I personally was watching earlier today the uh, Hagler Hearns fight because today was the 35th anniversary at the time of this recording uh, and obviously that's a fight that I don't think anyone ca uh, can't say that they love watching a million times over it's like 10 <laughs> minutes of absolute greatness uh, what have you guys what fights have you guys been watching just curious oh I went back and watched the classics like Gaddy Ward and oh, all those amazing fights. Um, you know, it's Gaddy. I think it's Gaddy's birthday. Rest in peace. He was great. I loved watching Gaddy. Um, I, I watch Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns. I've, I've been watching a fair bit of Sugar Ray. I'm a big fan of him. Um, going back and watched a bit of Roy Jones. Well, I've gone back and just yeah, watched heaps of the heaps of the classics that you just forget how good they were. Um, and like I said, I've seen them all before, but you just forget. And to get, you know, having this time where you sort of draw back to some of the older fights because there's nothing happening at the moment, it's been pretty cool to revisit some of them. In addition, do you guys? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something, Jason, uh, Andrew? Or... I was just going to say I've just been watching my the guys around my division. Um, oh, okay. A lot of the, the guys that you know p potential future opponents, and also obviously Israel Gonzalez, and just studying. I think. It's such an underused tool for fighters is you've got to study the sport and, and study your opponents and the guys in your division and guys you might be coming up against. And um, that's something we both do a lot. Now, do you guys watch each other's fights going back and do you kind of just, you know, bust, your ball, uh, bust each other's balls when it comes to something like, you know, listen, I... I, I'm sorry, Andrew. I could have done that better. Or, or you, Andrew, you tell Jason, <laughs> you know what? I, I could have been this guy a little bit quicker than you have. Yeah. <laughs> We are super competitive, uh, especially when we're younger, but we still are. Um, you know, we used to just, you know, compete against each other so much, but now it's more of that, yeah, uh, trying to help each other. Um, you know, we're still, we still try and get the edge on each other, but now it's more helping, like, oh, you know, you should try doing this or maybe you're doing this wrong or maybe you're doing this and you're giving this away or 
trying to help each other more now, whereas in the past it was just about trying to get one over the other. Um, so we've matured a bit there. Um, but, yeah, it's not so much me trying to beat Andrew now. It's, um, you know, I want him to hold on to his belt. I want to get my own, and I want us both to succeed. Lastly, uh, how do how can people reach you on social media? Um, you can follow me at Andrew Maloney on which Maloney spell M O L O N E Y, um, and I'm pretty much at Andrew Maloney on Twitter, Instagram, and I've got a fan page on Facebook, Andrew Maloney Boxing. So follow me, guys. Yeah, and I'm basically the same, Jason Maloney. Um, you'll find me um, on Twitter. My handle is actually Jason Maloney One. But, yeah, everything else is just Jason Maloney. So, yeah, follow along, and hopefully it's not too long before we're back in the ring. Hopefully sooner rather than later, but also done in a safe environment. Hopefully this entire situation uh, can be resolved quickly and that things kind of go back to the way it was before COVID-19 really affected the world. Andrew, Jason, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. It's it's all it's almost two o'clock where you guys live. It's almost midnight here, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed our our chat. Uh, wishing nothing but the best for you guys uh, moving forward. Hope you guys can get the big fight that you guys have been wanting for 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 a number of years now. And uh, again, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast. That's uh, a pleasure, mate. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, mate. Thanks for staying up so late. <laughs> no problem. I stayed up later, so I, I, <laughs> this is nothing for me. This is absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> uh, thank you mate appreciate it all right all right and we are back hope you guys enjoyed the interview with andrew and jason maloney two really really good guys they were I, I really do feel bad for them because they were so close to not just a big fight that they each had obviously and uh, you know andrew was gonna face israel gutierrez israel gonzalez my bad and gonzalez and jason was going to fight josh greer and if both of the brothers won their respective fights. They were, who's to say they were going to get, they, they might have gotten Naoya Enyue and Chocolatito next. Or maybe somewhere relatively near down the line before this entire madness with COVID-19 happened. So I do really feel bad for them. But I do have to say, I, I do think it's Emerald that they're remaining so positive that they're really looking on the, on the bright side. Uh, you know, obviously, they wish that they were fighting right now. It's not, we don't have no idea when this is going to end. You know, as I mentioned earlier on the show, the next show, the next event for from a major promotion is Matchroom Boxing on June 27th in Newcastle, England. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to stay like that, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm hoping that we can get some live boxing by June 27th, but... As things stand, I can't say definitively whether or not that's going to happen. And I don't think Matchroom Boxing knows. I think when they announced the postponements, I like to think that those dates were not necessarily preliminary, but were. But I guess the people over there at Matchroom and Eddie Hearn were kind of thinking, we're hoping things come down to the point where we can hold these shows. And it's not just June 27th. They got shows on July 4th. They got July 11th. The July 4th is was going to be a major, major show. Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin and Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. And I think Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, I think that was going to be 
you know, um, big, big fight, arguably the biggest fight in women's boxing in the last few years. Now, you can maybe point to a couple of Clarissa Shield fights that were just as big or maybe just as important. Maybe you can even talk, uh, say the Kenny Taylor Delphine Pursun uh, fight was going to be, you know, just as big. But Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor has been a fight that's been being built up for the last couple of years. We were finally going to get it, and now we have no idea when, if and when that's going to happen. Tentative date is July 4th, as far as I can tell, but I have no idea that's going to happen. And July 11th, that was going to be a big night in British boxing, because not only was Matchroom doing Lee Selby versus George Cambosas Jr., which, was, which is scheduled to be an IBF lightweight title eliminator, but you also got on the other side of the pond, on the other side of the British boxing promotional pond, I should say, you had D Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce for the European heavyweight title. And even though it might not be a fight of a ton of interest to some, to some people here in the United States, that is that was going to be a huge, huge fight because we are talking about two of arguably the best rising contenders in the heavyweight division. And I think a lot of people look at this fight and think, whoever wins this fight between that Dynamite Dubois and Joe Joyce is going to be the next British star that could potentially fight for a world title down the line. Now, a lot of people think Joe Joyce's experience and the fact that he's already physically matured the, they kind of look at that in, in his resume and think he might have the edge. Dubois is just so explosive, so young, so quick, so strong. I really think Daniel Dubois, if you were to ask me today, who would win between Dubois and Joe Joyce? In my humble opinion, take it or leave it, you don't have to agree with it. I think Dubois wins this one. I think it's going to be a really, really good fight. I think Dubois, he's younger. I think he's a, a stronger puncher. I think Dubois is faster. I, you know, having seen several of their of each fighter's respective last fights, I think that I think that uh, Dubois is a younger, is a faster fighter, and I do think that's going to be a key difference in that fight. But I hope it happens. I don't know if it's going to happen. Much like with these matchroom shows, I have no idea if this Queensberry promotion shows on July 11th is also going to take place in the U.S. There is essentially nothing in regards to confirmed dates for for boxing shows for for at the very least again for major pro boxing promotion i do mean the top ranks the pbcs the golden boy promotions these all of these entities that are that create some of the best fights in the united states we have no idea if they're going to be doing shows uh, in the coming months they've pretty much shut down everything and in the meantime, all we've been getting are, you know, on TV and on social media, these uh, past fights. I know ESPN have been airing a ton of, like, old Ali uh, and Mike Tyson fights. They're going to do a massive 11-hour block uh, with some of those fights that I have mentioned. PBC, for the next few weeks, they're going to be putting up some big cards that they've aired in the last couple of years on their YouTube channel. They've already got the Deontay Wilder Bermain Stavern 2 uh, Showtime card, and I was present. I was there, and I think you can see the press credential right there. Yeah, I was actually ringside for that fight. Deontay Wilder versus Bermain Stavern 2. My God, that was that was something. That was one of the most unbelievable 
first round knockout performances I have seen in a long, long time. And that was a, that was a heck of a show right there. They also even got on the PBC YouTube channel. They put the entire Sean Porter versus Errol Spence Jr. pay-per-view card. The entire show, all four fights that were on that card. Now, mind you, if the, you know, the three fights that take or leave it, you know, the, what you came to see for that show was the main event, and the main event was absolutely fantastic. Errol Spence Jr. versus Sean Porter, arguably the best fight of 2019. I mean, if you were to ask me, I'm... Uh, yeah, be hard pressed to find another fight. There's a couple of fights that that were just as good, and I do think that Errol Spence Jr. versus Sean Porter was an excellent fight. You know, I'm starting to trying to think of what other fights were were that good. Um, Gennady Golovkin versus Sergey Davidovichenko. That was also a really really good fight, and I honestly I didn't expect it to be a real that good of a fight. I know it was going to be a solid fight. I just didn't expect it to be that good, and I, I don't know. It's there's a lot of good fights to kind of look at. 2019 and 2018 and yeah, really take some time uh free time if you want to watch some good boxing there's plenty of avenues where you can watch those fights and hopefully we don't have to spend way uh, too much time watching old fights before we get to the newer boxing i think i speak for a lot of people when they say once this is over we are going to be so happy when we get new boxing shows on the airwaves but that about wraps it up for this edition of the fightful boxing podcast hope you guys like the video version of it you can find me on twitter at carlos toro 360 that's carlos t-o-r-o 360 on twitter as i mentioned earlier in the show the new newsletter can be found on fightful.com go to the mma section click on boxing newsletter and that's where you'll find the newest edition of the fightful boxing newsletter it's going to be it's essentially a look at what's been going on with boxing what's the status for every major promotion where does WWE fit into all of this because they do could potentially find a way to get involved when it comes to the return of u.s boxing at least from the top ranked side so for Carlos Doro at the Fightful Boxing Newsletter, signing out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.